God. You are wonderful, God. Lord, you are mighty, God. Lord, we appreciate you, God. Thank you, mighty Jesus. Lord, I love you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I appreciate you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory. Lord, I love you, mighty God. Lord, you are worthy, God. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, God. Aren't you glad he's holy? Amen. I'm sure you've heard the expression, when they walk into the room, they can light it up. When God is here, the place is holy. You are standing on holy ground. Amen. Where the presence of the Lord is. Hallelujah. When we worship him, we worship him in spirit and in truth. And the truth today is that God is a holy God. Amen. And those, when he walks into a room, you can feel his presence. Amen. So awesome. What a mighty God we, we serve today. Amen. It's a, I, I don't say it enough and few and far between, but it's an honor to be speaking this morning as it always is thank you pastor for that opportunity amen uh, bishop i heard uh, there was a birthday yesterday so happy birthday <laughs> oh wow <laughs> sister pro came home and i felt bad i it's okay I i'll take the bad. gift back <laughs> is it this month though right okay i, I remember it but so that's great that is good. I love, I love teasing and jokes like that. So that's great. That's great. Wait, let me get on Amazon and return so that. <laughs> no. Amen. You know what? Uh, we, we, uh, I'm getting a little older, and I, I would take a couple birthdays a year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> take this back, right? It's, it's great to be here. It's good to have fun. And, and I was thinking about these lessons. I like, I like the lessons because I like not only to learn new stuff, but to teach new stuff as well. Stuff maybe I've heard 100,000 times before, but now I get to talk about it as well or vice versa. I've heard it, and now it's coming in a new way as our ministers or uh, someone might stand up and say something. I love seeing a new approach on things. This morning, we're going to talk about being commissioned by by God. And I thought it was kind of cool. A couple weeks ago, I taught about shepherds. And this lesson uh, is about another shepherd. But you wouldn't think of him, you, we don't think of him as a shepherd when we think about Moses. But Moses was a shepherd. We, we know that, but we don't, we don't come to mind like he was a, the, the shepherd. But he was a shepherd, and he was a shepherd a long time, probably longer than, than David was. Or he was, actually. So he was, uh, uh, but instead of the shepherding uh, sh uh, skills that, we're, uh, that he had, we're going to talk today about how he and others were commissioned by God. How we are commissioned by God. So today's story, we're going to pick up in the middle of uh, Moses' life while he's watching his father-in-law's sheep. And during this particular day, he 
approaches the mountain of God, Horeb or Sinai, if we, if we, uh, they're, they're both similar, but he approaches this mountain. We know about the mountain. This mountain was very notorious in the Bible. He eventually finds himself barefoot and in front of the burning bush. I thought about being barefoot up here today, but I thought, no, <laughs> the praise, praise singers would appreciate that. They wouldn't fall asleep, that's for sure. So he finds himself there, and a voice speaks out to him, proclaiming to be God. Let me let you in on a little secret. It was God. So it proclaimed to be God. It was. At this juncture, Moses, and God starts telling him, you're going to do this, you're going to do that. He's like, who am I, God, that's going to stand before Pharaoh with demands of freedom? The rest of the story is familiar. God told him that he, the, the I am, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, whose name is forever, would send him. Don't worry about it, Moses. I'm going to take care of it. Isn't that one of the hardest things as a Christian to understand is that God is going to take care of where he sends you and what you do. No matter what trouble might come your way, what sickness, what illness, you might experience loss, a death in the family, a friend. You might uh, experience a job termination, a job loss. You might uh, foreclosure. But uh, one thing you have, and I've talked to my wife about this, is that we have the Holy Ghost. And if we are walking and commissioned by God, those things hurt really super bad. But we have encouragement from the Lord that he's going to take care of us. No matter how devastating that is. No matter if, if it's a loss of a, of a child or a mother or a father, a sister, a brother, cousin, that God will take care of that situation. He will take care of you. And, and, and he gives you strength so people can see that and be encouraged as well. Moses was commissioned. And all of his life experiences, experiences up to that prepared him. If you have your Bible, if you'd like to look up here, we're going to read a couple of scriptures before you see it. Exodus 3, verse 9. Exodus 3, verse 9. It says this. Now, therefore, behold, the cry of the children of Israel is come unto me. And I have also seen the oppression wherewith the Egyptians oppress them. This is the Lord speaking. Come now, therefore, I will send thee unto Pharaoh. The most hor horrible person in the nation, right? I'm going to send you, who you grew up with, but now he has turned, he's evil, or he has been, and I'm going to send you to this person. So thou may bringeth forth my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. Now, I, I, I don't want to be discouraging at all, but I want you to turn to somebody and just ask him this question. Are you commissioned? Are you commissioned? And you may be seated. Please continue to hold the church up in prayer. Um, 
I, I mentioned this before up here. I was so appreciative of Brother Richard when he asked the men to pray for each other. I hope you're continuing to do that, if not regularly at some point in your in your prayer to do that. Um, ladies, if you're praying for ladies and, and vice versa, and, and in between men, you pray for them. But uh, the sickness, uh, there's some sickness going on. Some people have hurt backs and hurt legs and 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 hurt arms and uh, headaches and, and stuff like that going on. Uh, so continue to lift the church up. Um, one thing that we we need is uh, to take care of ourselves for one, right, and be healthy. We don't want to go around sick trying to trying to win the loss, right? We want we're commissioned by God. God's going to keep us. Let's keep continue to pray for each other's physical uh, state. Uh, each one of us in this place are somewhere in their life experience. Did you know that you are somewhere in your life experience? Some of us has been commissioned by God. Some of us are waiting to be commissioned, and some have no idea what I'm talking about. And I don't mean that in a bad way. It's, it just might, you might not understand. But each of us has started from point A, and hopefully we've journeyed past point B and C in a couple other letters along the way. Hopefully we're there. Some of us, if you're at A and you're trying to get to B, that's okay. And hopefully I can help that uh, in that this morning. And what we experience along the way helps us to be prepared and to navigate being commissioned by God. And I'm speaking today in front of a church that I feel that you have been uh, saved, baptized, filled with the Holy Ghost. I understand that. But, so, uh, it, but sometimes uh, we need to understand that we are still commissioned by God to go out. We are. And when we, when we learn something we've already learned before, we can bring that to other people. That's why I said in the beginning, I love learning new things. I love hearing old things. Again, I, I love that um, to, because now I can get encouraged to bring that. I knew that. Now I need to do it. Yeah, yeah I've known that for all my life. Oh, I need now. Yeah, I better get on, get busy. Uh, in the beginning of my study guide that I was going through this morning is a story about a man. And, and um at first, I was like, I'm not even going to read that. And then I, I started thinking about it because it's so different than what maybe you and I, but it's also similar. It, it's just it just different, okay? Um, but it's yet the same. So there was a young man who was a new convert, and he realized he had got, uh, the call of God on his life. He needed to do something. Uh, but he wasn't really sure what, uh, but he knew he was called, and he knew he, knew he needed to prepare. <clears throat> he was around college age, so he asked the pastor for help selecting a college, something that he could go to and not only, you know, get an education uh, out in the world, but also seminary and stuff like that, a Bible school. He worked hard uh, before that and then uh, until he was financial capable, financially capable of uh, – of starting a theological education. During his studies, he realized the Lord was calling him to pursue a business education and then seminary. So some questioned that, and others discouraged him from doing that. Aren't you glad for those people that discourage you because you're like, I'm on, I'm on the right path. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, just come on into my, into my vision and tell me I'm not doing the right thing, right? Yeah, so, yeah, so uh, uh, so um, he prepared for 10 years, 
went to school. It perplexed many, but it prepared him. His Bible experience grounded his faith. His financial experience helped him manage his ministry with a solid business principles. He obtained the credential for a bivocational ministry. So he had a couple, couple talents there. And so where do you think it's going to turn? Whew, man, he's going to be a pastor somewhere in a great big city. Oh, no, he became a military chaplain. A witness to others that didn't share his theology. If you've been in the military, if you've ever been to a Bible study group or maybe a big, a big company, and there's a lot of different religions in there. And when you bring up, you need to be buried with Christ in baptism in Romans 6. You need to do that. You get notes in your, under your door or on your bed rack, stop, stop sowing discord among the brethren. Wait, what? I just read, I read the Bible. Basically what I did, that you need to be buried with Christ in baptism. Yeah, so I can understand there's, there's not many apostolic chaplains in the military. I've been privileged enough to talk and meet with some, and, and, and they came to church where I was uh, uh, attending, and we were able to talk to them and see them at general conference and all that. So I, I was, I'm privileged enough to understand some of, some of those. With, and if you've met any military chaplains, or they're special people, I, I believe. And uh, he also uh, specifically helped those who suffered in war, specifically to those who took the lives of others in combat. The military sent him back to college, got a degree, and was licensed in counseling. A young man who never thought his calling would take him uh, was commissioned. Where He didn't know where it was going to take him, but he was commissioned to God to spend about 11 total years in college, and he was mentored by great apostolic leaders. This is a story of a unique calling that required unique preparation for a, a unique ministry. Now, the parts, the sequence, the timing, the ministry might be different, but it might possibly describe some of our lives over the years. Where is God taking us? And I know he's preparing us for something great. What is he doing? And, and so, so you can see that maybe the titles, the names have been changed, but you see the way God works and puts you in certain areas and certain circumstances. And it's, it's the same. God is commissioning us. You never know where it's going to take you. But as long as you're willing and able and say, God, here I am, lead me, you know, God will take you there. We are all, we are all commissioned to God, by, uh, by God. In other words, we all have stories that are unique to us in every way except one. We are commissioned by God. We spoke of Moses earlier, and after leaving Egypt, he uh, lived the next 40 years uh, uh, under uh, his, the direction of his father-in-law, who he helped shepherd. Uh, shepherd the sheep. Um, he lived with honor and integrity there. He was faithful to God. He was faithful to his father-in-law, his family. Moses was right where God could use him. Now, uh, a little little history. Because of Joseph, the children of Israel had it pretty nice. We talked, uh, Pastor, I think, talked about this not too long ago. Um, possibly another, uh, yeah, it was brought up. Uh, but God knew that one day there would become a Pharaoh who knew not Joseph, the Bible said. So, hey, you know how we have a little bit of a card we can pull out and say, well, I know this guy. Can you? And, and they said I could have a free uh, uh, a sourdough double melt from Culver's, you know. Oh, that guy's gone. Sorry. What? So, so the children of Israel had these great pharaohs, but now the management changed. And he didn't really like the children of Israel. And this has been going on for quite a long time. It wasn't just overnight. 
And so God knew that this person would enslave the Hebrew children. And, uh, and Israel was currently living in this period uh, at the time of this lesson here. But the time had come for freedom. And God chose Moses to lead. Barefoot on holy ground, God spoke to Moses, laying out a plan. The God of the universe, of Abraham, Jacob, Isaac, the I am, commissioned a shepherd. Now, by the way, he was a very educated, yet humble shepherd to lead his people. In fact, Moses first said, me? Wait, no, no, you must have somebody else out there. His story, uh, the story is familiar. God told him that he would be with him all along the way. His brother Aaron would help him with all the words. And God even showed him some miracles. He's like, hey, throw out that rod. There's a snake. This is how you turn water into blood. And did that. He even showed him these things to kind of help him settle in and get, and get in front of Pharaoh and all the rest of the elders there. God is going to supply the tools. Sometimes... Sometimes we are afraid. Okay, God, you got me. My dad has this story, and I don't know if I've mentioned this. I don't think I have. I've told a couple people. He says, listen, when I was a kid, I think God told me to go out and paint a fence. And I don't know if he's metaphorically talking, but he wanted to tell me something. He's like, but he didn't give me any paint. So I had to go out and buy the paint. The paint was there in the shop. It was, it was provided for me there. But I had to go out and do the work and do that. So, so sometimes our philosophy is this, God, you got me. I'm ready to do the work, but where's the paint? Where's, where's that? God will supply that for you. He will supply the tools you need. And, but if we just sit and say, God, here I am. I'm willing to do this, we're, nothing's going to happen. We're going to keep doing the same thing over and over again. I'm here to tell you that we're commissioned. but it, it, We are commissioned, but we need to do the work. We got to do it. There's not enough time to go through the life and times of Moses. Many books have been written about that, and the movie was so long it needed an intermission. So, anybody get that? No? Cecil did the mill. I'm here to tell you today. Oh, come on. We've seen that movie, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What that? I'm dating myself. That was like 50 years before I was born, too. It was. It was. It was old. That movie's old. Uh, but anyways, uh, I'm I'm here to tell you today that we have been commissioned by God to lead people out of slavery, the slavery of sin, and we need to lead them into the promised land, salvation. The commission is sometimes looked as an individual task, implying that it means that somehow we win someone to the Lord by ourselves. But as we look through scriptures, and this is something that I've never really dealt with because I feel like sometimes we, we can be a one-man show. And maybe that's my um, ignorance. Maybe it's my being conceited, whatever, whatever you want to call it, me just being proud that I can do this. But when you look through the scriptures, that's not actually the case. Some people do seem to have the gift of evangelism. They can walk through the door and ten people are falling behind them, Right? I mean, you, you've seen that where, whoa, how do you guys win this many people to the Lord at one time? You know, they, they can just do that. The truth about that thinking is a false reality. We need each other. You can't do it all by yourself. Imagine right now 
sitting in this chair, uh, in this in this church, all by yourself right now. Imagine no one else is here. No one else is here. Uh, no Bibles that somebody printed. No carpet that somebody vacuumed because no one bought the carpet. No a Bible study charts. No videos. No financial support to keep the doors open. You you think that oh this one person is winning to the Lord, but it takes an effort. If he's given a Bible study, he needs that documentation, the, the pamphlets or something. He needs a Bible. He needs a written word. He needs that stuff. Yes, there are some churches that might not even can afford that stuff. If we look around the world, and they're doing it just by word of mouth, but that still, uh, that still implies that they need other people to help them. Uh, there'd be no food, no ushers, no greeters, and so much more uh, combined uh, work that goes on and all the gifts and talents that goes on, because these things make the Great Commission happen. We're going to jump over to Joshua, uh, uh, and Joshua's Great Commission. Joshua was commissioned by Moses in Deuteronomy 31. It says he, uh, God told him, be strong, or Moses, I'm sorry, told Joshua, be strong and of good courage, for thou shalt bring the children of Israel into the land, and I swear unto them, and I will be with thee. This established another turning point in Israel's history. At 120 years old, Moses was done. He was done with the fight. Not only was he physically weak, God had forbidden him to see the promised land. I mean, to, to go into the promised land, but he was allowed to see it. What uh, had gotten the Hebrew children this far would not successfully take them to the next stage of the journey. A change had to be made. The promised land would become a reality under the focused leadership of Joshua. And, men, this guy was laser sharp. He was focused. Okay. The promised land was right there. Like Moses, the Lord spoke to Joshua on holy ground. Joshua was a willing, eager vessel. God ensured him that he would conquer Jericho with divine strategy. Joshua had been prepared for leadership at an early age. He feared God. He saw Moses speak face-to-face -face with God. And in one instance, it, the Bible tells you, and you know how us people, and we, all of us, we love taking a scripture and just going with it, right? But one of the scriptures was literally, Moses was like, I'm done praying, I'm leaving. Joshua said, I'm staying. I'm going to stay in the tabernacle because God has more for me to do that. I think that was probably a repetitive thing as well, too. I think Joshua, it was not just not a one-time deal. Joshua had tasted victory. Remember Aaron and her? They kept Moses' arm up while Joshua and the rest, they defeated, defeated the Amalekites. Joshua had uh, faith aligned with God over the riches, richness of the promised land. And he was in tune. Um, Joshua, like Joshua the, and the children of Israel, we too are invited to enter into the promised land. Metaphorically speaking, we are also on a journey similar to the Hebrews. If we haven't already, we need to escape the bondage of this world by repenting of our sins and turning away from our old lifestyle. Like they crossed through the Red Sea, we can be baptized in the name of Jesus for the remission of sins. Like the promised land, the promise of the Holy Ghost is given to us, a new life a new future. We can read, we know that scripture is Acts 2.38. So now we come to the New Testament, the great commission of Jesus. 
and his disciples. After Jesus died, rose from the grave, and before his ascension, he commissioned his disciples to go into the world and make disciples of all nations. We have that hanging up in our foyer. The book, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, all record the heart of Jesus' message, but with different details, as we know. They all told the story of Jesus and how it pointed to salvation and repentance and baptism and the Holy Ghost. And we gain the knowledge of the Great Commission through these books. Jesus spent 40 days explaining how important it was that he had to be crucified and, and buried and raised from the dead. He told them to wait for the promise of the Holy Ghost that would give them power to fulfill this great commission. Jesus purposely equipped his disciples over his three-year ministry. When he sent them out to minister, they understood the power of his name and his purpose. When he walked on water, they understood his power over nature. When he washed their feet at the Last Supper, they understood his humility. When he rose from the dead, they finally understood the meaning of his death, burial, and resurrection. Matthew 28, 19 says this. It was commissioned, or it says we were commissioned to go out to teach all nations this gospel and to baptize them. Mark 16, 16 tells us that we were commissioned uh, that if we would believe, and are baptized, we shall be saved. That was part of the Great Commission that Mark. And that miracles and the Holy Ghost would follow those that believe. Luke 24, 47 says that repentance or remission of sins would be preached in his name. Beginning in Jerusalem. All nations would understand that. Of course, Luke was speaking of the day of Pentecost in Luke 24, 47. And then after Pentecost, they understood completely that it prepared them for establishing establishing a church and still thrives today. Amen. Aren't you glad? Aren't you glad that we are doing what the disciples first did? We are commissioned by God to reach the lost, to go out from here. There's messages that people have preached. I remember I did one. It's get out of the church. It's time to get out of the church. We got to get out. We are commissioned to reach the lost. We are commissioned out there. Do you realize that the Great Commission, and this is just me being me, is to go out and teach the Great Commission? God commissioned us to go out and teach what he told them to go out and teach. And that's what we're doing. Now, I don't want anybody to freak out here. I, I came up with this. I thought of this. So if you would show the, the uh, do you have that picture, Allie, up there, that upside-down pyramid model? So this is the greatest example, uh, upside-down pyramid model of divine leadership. Um, and I thought about this. What the pyramid model is, is you take a, a significant leadership and, and businesses do this. It, you know the pyramid scheme. It's just a scheme, right? The guy on top gets everything, Right? It goes down, A.L. Williams, remember that? Anybody ever did the A.L. Williams? What was the Amway? Remember all that stuff? Back in, I mean, it went through the, the church like wildfire back in where we were in Jacksonville. And so the, the significance of the pyramid thing is it takes a big event and it spreads out. 
this, somebody starts something, and everybody benefits. If you could throw that picture up, if you have it. Well, you can already imagine what it is, right? Jesus is on the bottom, right? Jesus is on the bottom. Maybe I should get the picture so I don't mess it up on mine as well, too. Uh, the church is the next tier, uh, right, on, right above Jesus. Disciples that are commissioned by Jesus, right? That's the church. And then up the next top, it's real simple, the world. Discipled by the church, commissioned by Jesus to make more disciples. So that's it. The greatest event in history was Jesus coming to earth. What he was, he was, he was crucified. He was buried. He raised, rose again. For that, oh, it's so small. Anyways, so you have Jesus on the bottom. Then you have the church, uh, discipling uh, and commissioned by Jesus. And then, what our job is to go out to the world and disciple them. So they can make other disciples. So everybody gets, uh, uh, is benefited from the Holy Ghost and salvation experience. So, and that's exactly what the disciples did after Pentecost. Earlier we discussed how fulfilling the Great Commission is a team effort. And some, and, but there are some that might be so, more gifted in particular tasks. No matter our certain gifts, we all can do some basic things. Live a sanctified life that glorifies God. Be ready to give account for our faith, pointing people to Acts 2.38. Um, display loving kindness and thoughtfulness in all we do. Find our gifts and callings and pursue them with excellence. As a team effort, we do all we can do together and individually to put the gospel message in the forefront of people's hearts and minds. This will be how we fulfill the Great Commission. Amen. Why don't we stand this morning? We're just about finished. Are we perfect? Brother Richard, we're not perfect. No, we're not. We look back in the book, in the Bible, and we see heroes in that Bible, right? We see heroes and conquerors, kings and queens, warriors, shepherds, husbands, wives, fishermen, and tent makers. Were any of them perfect? No. None. Yet so many times, they completed their mission. We have a Bible. We have a way, a, a truth, salvation, because of the examples put on by these people, these imperfect people. They were commissioned by God himself. Moses did not get to walk in the promised land in this life, but I believe he's walking there now. And one day we can walk in that promised land. Actually, there was one hero, a man, a carpenter that was perfect. And his name is Jesus. And he specifically came to earth, taught, died, and rose again so we could one day walk in the promised land. But just as important, he commissioned us to go out and to teach him to be a witness of his gospel. And I'm ending with this sentence. And it might sound like a cliche, but what better time to do that than right now, Christmas time.
Why don't we do that? Why don't we lift our hands and begin to pray and ask God for direction? Lord, I love you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. You are awesome in this place, Lord. the other day at work and uh, she actually works for a, another organization but we do some work there and uh, we were talking about the Lord she had her Bible and that and we're talking and I said I said I know it's a, a to use the word again cliche or phrase that we use that Jesus or that we sometimes are the only Jesus you remember that used to that phrase that people would see we, it, it came through but it's so true I told her I said when I came in here I saw your Bible on your desk. I saw you listening to a preacher on the radio or a music on the radio. You are a, a witness no matter what you're doing. Come on. Anything you're doing. I'm not the pastor here. I don't step on anybody's toes much. But what you put on Facebook and Twitter, people see you. I understand accidentally liking something that's just hilarious, and then somebody tells you, do you know what that really means? Oh, I didn't know that. I understand that. You know, I'm sorry. I mean, that's it. I mean, you know, of course, if you get 100 of those, maybe you need to get off of that stuff. But I'm telling you, you're a witness. You're a witness. Oh, man, I'm full of analogies like crazy today. I mean, you're, you're not going to come to my house in a pest control outfit 
right, and try to sell me an air conditioner like Chris does, right, or fix them. You're not going to do it. You're just not going to do it. You're not going to, well, you're not going to come over and do something or come to approach me. If we don't act like, look like, taste like, see, feel like a Christian, how are we going to lead someone else? Right. Amen. That's, that's it for me. Love you guys. God bless you. We're going to start.